From Studio Nowhere, it's time for... Saga USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. I'm your host, Mark Cedar. This is episode number 303 for the 15th of August, 2011. And, uh, yeah, we missed a week. Did you notice? Uh, we didn't have a podcast last week. I uh, watched some soccer, but not a, not that much, and, and was really behind. And before I knew it, the week was half over, and there were more games midweek. And and then it was uh, I almost did it, like, last Thursday or Friday night, something like that. And then I was like, this is kind of pointless um, and I didn't really have time anyway, so ultimately just didn't do one last week. So sorry about that. Uh, got a lot to talk about this week, though. A lot of things going on. Um, so we'll talk about some new stuff. We got a lot of we got some international stuff. We got the USA Mexico game. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we've got Champions League, Concacaf uh, uh, Champions League. We got EPL starting. We got lots of stuff going on in MLS. So. Lots of things to talk about. Some of these games I'll probably go... I've got some notes from stuff from a couple of weeks ago, so I'll probably go pretty quickly through those so you don't have to... Um, well, go through a lot of that in detail. So uh, anyway, let's talk about some new stuff. Uh, interesting new stuff I'm hearing. Well, Carlos Ruiz, uh, the union has let him go. He's gone off to Mexico, so good riddance for that. As you know, I'm probably not a... You probably know I'm not a Carlos Ruiz fan. Uh, admire the the uh, skill, but not the player. And if you don't get where I'm going with there, so uh, uh, as part of the deal, I guess Philly took the money they got from that, and they signed uh, their defender Valdez uh, permanently, which was interesting. He was just on loan. And uh, other big news, also with the Union, uh, they have signed Freddie Adu, so he's back under Peter Nowak and 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 all that. So uh, that's very interesting. Uh, other coaching coaching news: uh, Vancouver has hired uh, Carolina Railhawks uh, head coach uh, Martin Rennie to take over the team for next season. And I don't know about you, I'm pretty baffled by this. Uh, I don't quite understand. I mean, I guess it makes some sense to hire from the second division versus hiring, say, somebody who has no clue what goes on in the United States here. Um, you, you know, like a foreigner or somebody like that. But uh, at the same time, um, seems a little bit odd. I, I saw an article that was talking about this, and they were showing that the this this Martin Rennie has a very similar record to uh, Torton, whatever his name was, the old coach that they fired. Um, you know, they both have won championships and, and and had good results the last few years, and and uh, so I don't quite know. It sounds like this is. You know, it's, it's a very similar kind of an appointment to what they had that started this year that didn't work. So, I don't know. Little, little yeah, kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, it's it's they know more about this than I do, so I'm not going to be too critical about it. But it's just it's just kind of an unusual decision. Um, I find much more interesting. Uh, Montreal Impact has appointed uh, Jesse Marsh, uh, former MLS player. Uh, as their head coach, and that I really like. I think that's really cool. I like being able to see, uh, you know, former almost players take coaching positions. Uh, Jesse March is a fantastic player, and um, we'll see how he does um, as coach of the Impact. So that'll be interesting. <coughs> uh, let's see. Uh, rumor news: We have uh, Robbie Keane apparently possibly signing with the LA Galaxy. I, I saw in the Manchester City game to Danny SPN, they were talking about it as though it might be a done deal. I haven't seen anything official yet, but that sounds pretty interesting. I'd love to see it. Love to see it. I'm a big Robbie Keane fan. 
Um, that'd be huge. That'd be huge. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see that. So, uh, other news, uh, pretty big news. Uh, MLS has signed a deal with NBC to take over the uh, broadcasting of MLS games instead of ESPN. And it's like a three-year deal, so it starts next year, 2012, uh, to, to, through 2015. Um, they were bragging about it. I guess NBC Sports, they're going to air... Um, Four regular season games, some playoff games, some some national team games, um, and then they've got a, a sports channel, a cable channel. I, I found it on my DirecTV package. It's now called Versa. Apparently, it's going to be called NBC Sports next year. They're changing the name, um, which is uh, in- interesting. I, I can't really say if that's good or bad. Uh, I, you know, I'm not the biggest ESPN fan. Uh, except that I do, I mean, everybody, every, everybody gets ESPN, so, yeah, not everybody gets ESPN too, that's true, but still, and that's where they are most of the, you know, U.S. soccer games, but at the same time, have it on this NBC Sports or whatever channel is, I mean, on my, I had to look for it on my network, and it's someplace, you know, up in the 600s versus the, you know, 209 is ESPN2, so, on DirecTV, so, uh, seems like a bit of a demotion in some ways. I don't know if they got a better, you know, more more money. If it's a, you know, if there's some other deals out of this, they're making it sound like it's a great thing, which of course they would. Uh, on the other hand, ESPN has shown repeatedly they don't really care about soccer, and uh, they did it in the Mexico U.S. Mexico game, which I'll mention there uh, by cutting off the top of the game. So uh, you know, I I just don't. I'm not a big fan of ESPN. I don't like the way that they do stuff, and uh, you know. But at the same time, you know, they are kind of more prominent, and it seems a bit of a demotion to be relegated to some other you know channel. It it is NBC, which is good, but it sounds to me like they're trying to build up this cable network that they have no content for, that nobody watches, and so you know, um, that could be good. Could be good. Uh, it sounds like they're going to have. Uh, Pre and post game stuff and and some other you know things like that. So we'll have to see what they do. At any rate, it'll be nice to not have you know some of the ESPN commentators and other things. And you know we'll, we'll see where this goes. But uh, very interesting, very interesting. So well, let's talk about some some matches here and uh, a few games to talk about. Some of this stuff's pretty old, but we'll, we'll talk first of all about the USA Mexico match. I'm not gonna. I really only have a couple sentences here. I don't even remember. So long. It feels like it's so long ago. I don't even remember what happened. Uh, basically, you know, going into this, uh, prior to this, I was pretty excited about it. When the actual game um, was recording, I was like, oh yeah, that's on tonight. I better watch that. And, uh, you know, was, was kind of into it, and then I went to go tune into it, and it was Little League Baseball. And I'm like, oh, crap, what is this? Little League Baseball. Little kids playing baseball is preempting U.S. national team. Give me a break. Um, and, of course, I wasn't watching it live live. I had, you know, I was like, because I hate, I, I don't know, I like to watch it about 20 minutes in and... I can fast forward and get up to the good stuff, and, and uh, um, so I, I just thought I do everything. So I, I just I started, you know, it just kind of I kind of took out sucked out all the air out of it for me. I was just like, ah, who cares? You know, they're they're going to treat it this way. I don't care either. You know, it's just the way I felt. And uh, finally, you know, I, I fast forwarded, and I think I I 
almost got up to live TV. I think it was about 30-some minutes, and, and the first 20 minutes, you know, they didn't air. And I finally catch up to live TV, and all of a sudden, you know, the baseball game thing's finished, and, and we're into soccer, and they're showing that it's, that it's, uh, Mexico's already winning 1-0. And I'm like, I don't even know what happened. I don't know who, you know, it's like, yeah, they show the replays and stuff, but it's not the same thing. It's it's not the same thing. And it looked like a very lucky kind of a fluky goal for, for you know, Mexico just getting his foot in there at the last, you know, kind of between the defender and, and, and it just happened to catch it just right and it went in. But, um, you know, I, I don't really – the commentators were kind of raving about how great Mexico was, but I don't really remember Tim Howard having to make a really a big save in the whole match. I mean, it, to me, it didn't look like – yeah, Mexico was controlling the ball a little bit in the first half, but they weren't dangerous with it. You know, I think the early goal might have made them feel a little overconfident, like, oh, we got this, and, you know. And then the second half, they they took off some of their starters and put in some other players, and they weren't as strong. And we, we definitely played better, much better in the second half. Uh, Robbie Rogers got the equalizer, like, with his first touch coming on as a sub, and, uh, but his teammate actually did all the work. I can't remember who it was now off the top of my head, but, you know, I, by that time, I was kind of, was glad we scored. That was great to see. Um, you know, and 1-1 one, one result is definitely a decent result against Mexico, but ultimately, uh, the ESPN thing just really ruined this game for me. I just literally lost all interest, lost all, I just ruined it. Just completely, utterly ruined it. Um, and uh Mexico I, I mean I, I mean I read an article about ESPN where they were they they were claiming uh, somebody wrote an article that was critical of them and I saw an art, read that article and ESPN apparently sent them a tweet or a comment or something and said you know that they said we have a policy where if we start a, a match live you know we have to we we air it to the end we are you know you would want us to do that with soccer you wouldn't want us to cut away at the in the middle of the match and and I'm kind of going, yeah, it seems like a really weak defense. I mean, on the one hand, I I understand that, and I certainly would agree with that. Once you air something live, you, you, you finish it. But at the same time, it's like, why are you scheduling stuff right next to each other? Especially stuff that tends to go over, like baseball. You know, soccer is great because it's two hours. Rarely does it go over two hours. It's just two hours. You know, when you get into the finals of, of certain competitions, knockout competition, you know, then you can have overtime and, and penalties. But and then even then, it's it's maximum, you know, an hour extra. You know, it's about a half hour extra running time and penalties. So half hour, you know, an extra an extra hour is get you know you're guaranteed to get the whole thing. It's not going to you know the only exception to that is when they have like a weather delay, lightning delay, something like that that delays and that who knows how long that takes. But otherwise, it's always two hours. And uh, so I don't get this business of, you know, you know that baseball tends to run long. Why are you booking it right in, you know, with soccer at the next live, you know, two live events side by side like that? You know, um, it'd be one thing if they were sort of similar events, like like both soccer, like Fox sometimes does that. It'll have one, you know, one game gets at five and ends at seven, and the next one starts at seven and ends at nine. You know, it's the same audience for both games, presumably. That's not quite so bad. But, uh, you know, completely different audiences like this. I would never tune in to watch baseball, especially not little kids' baseball, you know. And then I tune in to watch soccer, and they're showing me baseball. It's like that's a slap in the face to me as a soccer fan. You know, it, it's it's disrespectful. 
and um, you know, and, but obviously ESPN doesn't care. They're not going to be airing this anymore, so who cares? You know, so. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just thought it was it was just kind of weird. It just kind of you know, in terms of you know this being Bob, uh, Bob not Bob Bradley, Klinsman's uh, <laughs> debut and all that. Yeah, this was decent. It, it's I don't know. I these, I've talked about it before. These friendlies are so hard to judge. I really don't know what they're for. To me, they don't. They don't. They're so meaningless. I don't really care about them that much to begin with. Um, this one had some interesting, you know, aspects to it in terms of like revenge for the gold cup, uh, new coach, things like that. I didn't see, you know, but it wasn't like, you know, he's only been coached for what two weeks or something. It's not like he had a lot of time to prepare for this and do a lot. And you know, yes, he brought in some 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 different players in his lineup, and and it'll be interesting to see where he goes long term. Um, you know, some of the changes he made in the second half were definitely decent, but ultimately, I, I you know, Mexico made a lot of changes to their lineup that that changes things too. So I don't know. It, it's just you know, to me to me the biggest thing was I just lost all interest once ESPN didn't show me the first 20 minutes. You know, it just ruined it for me. So, oh, Val. Uh, you know, other than that, I think it was, it was you know, a great result for Glinsman. You know, a 1-1 draw, certainly decent. Nobody's going to be too ashamed about that. And, uh, you know, we looked pretty good at times. And, you know, that's the way it works. So, I, I think it's, uh, I, I'm more interested in the, the Belgium match coming up. That should be kind of interesting. I'm curious about that one. Um, maybe more international players, and and uh, you know, I'm really I'm really lo- wanting to see Klinsman do some stuff that's different. You know, bring in some really young guys. I like that he brought in uh, Robbie Rogers and some others. You know, I, but I'd really like to see. I, I thought I should mention um, uh, Landon Donovan uh, in this U.S. Mexico game. I thought you know he was given much more of a of an attacking role, and I thought he really was outstanding. And uh, definitely like to see more of that. This is our best player. It's like, get him the ball. Let him do stuff, you know? So, anyway, that's enough about that. Let's move on. We had uh, some CONCACAF uh, Champions League, a few games there. Um, these were the ones that basically qualifying to get into the group stage. And uh, uh, Real Esteli uh, versus Toronto. Um, Toronto, this is the one where, remember, Toronto won their first one, 2-1, but uh, had given up that road goal with a bad bad. Bad miss by their keeper, bad mistake by their keeper. So they go down to on the road to Nicaragua to play this one and actually won 2-1 there, which is pretty impressive. Um, they won pretty comfortably. Uh, Ryan Johnson got them a fantastic road goal in the first half and eat volley just outside the box, but Real Esteli got back into it via converted handball penalty kick. And um, remember that in the first leg, the horrible gaffe by the TFC backup keeper, while his counterpart returned the favor in this one, literally passing a client uh, a clearance right to Johnson, who accepted the gift and blasted the ball into the net. Uh, Toronto advanced 4-2 on aggregate. And then uh, Dallas, uh, this is their home leg for them. They won the first leg 1-0. Uh, they go, they, it's a team from uh, El, um, Alianza from El Salvador. Uh, Dallas won this one 1-0. Uh, Yamalu uh, had a header off a corner kick for Dallas, and they advanced 2-0 on aggregate. Not much really to say about that one. It was pretty boring. Uh, Seattle, San Francisco. Uh, Seattle lost the first away leg, but equalized in this one via header by Hernandez. That only ties the aggregate, however, and they have to go into overtime to decide it, and Nate Jaqua 
scores the winner when he's left unmarked on the back post, receives the ball, and finishes. So Seattle 2, San Francisco from Panama, nil. So there we go. All right, let's talk about some MLS stuff. Um, interesting stuff here. I'll go quickly through this, some of this stuff. But I, I, we had the Portland-LA game, which was now a couple weeks ago. But this was just such a fantastic game. Uh, uh, I'll read you some of my notes on this one. Um, you know, the weekend before this, we had we Portland had had coughed up two late goals against one of the worst teams in the league, and this time they managed to hold the Galaxy three nil in a rout in a game which the Galaxy barely even had a chance on goal the, the entire match, uh, literally not even a shot in the first half. And when they did get shots after the break, they were all pretty tame. Uh, even ESPN was mocking Perkins' uh, save of the match, which was a simple granny catch, <laughs> but it was only one he made, so they had to call it. You know. Uh, Portland dominated from the start, got their first goal via New Houston trade, uh, Chabala, who came up from left back and to feed Nagby, received the return and went into the box and rifled it, uh, into the far corner. Just took a tiny deflection, but I think it was still going in. Uh, great goal. He's not even left footed, so it's right footed. That's pretty amazing. Uh, just past the half hour, Char rolled the ball across the top of the box that Perlaza ran onto, defeating his defender. Simple low shot into the corner to beat Saunders. Um, L.A. went to three forwards after the break, making two subs, and it helped with Beckham going wide, getting a lot of dangerous crosses, but the Portland defense was flawless, stymieing everything. Uh, still a little worried, though, giving the Timbers propensity to give up late goals, but this time they got another goal uh, as L.A. forgot to mark Eric Bruner on a corner kick, and he had an insurance goal, and I think everyone knew the result was gonna, what the result was going to be at that point. So I still figured Portland would give up at least a late one late goal. But uh, this one held on for the much-needed shutout. Very impressive. Terrific game of result. The best part is this wasn't L.A. playing that bad. It was just Portland outplayed and outworked them. That's what I thought was most impressive. Uh, just made it difficult for L.A. to do anything dangerous. So just fabulous. So so the real question about this was, can they gain momentum from this and continue to put up points? So we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. <laughs> So, uh, let's see, Colorado versus Columbus, that was kind of a boring, but Brian Mullen uh, had a, just a long-range bullet to the top corner, it was just an amazing goal. Um, that was uh, Colorado to Columbus nil. Uh, we had the D.C.-Toronto game, this was a fantastic one a couple weeks ago. Uh, Bill Hamid was called up for the U.S. National, men's national team, a great move, but he makes a bad mistake five minutes into this one, coming out to the edge of his box, trying to tackle... Taking out a player instead of the ball. Ouch. Straight red for him. Good call. But uh, Di Rosario gets his revenge against his old uh, club with a hat trick in this one. And uh, But Toronto um, keep coming keep coming back, too. So this one uh, ended up uh, 3-3. De uh, Guzman had a, had a long-range bomb that he hit in. But uh, Ben Olsen, the coach of D.C., was furious in that because D.C. was in the middle of making a, a sub-change and the player hadn't even gone on the pitch. So uh, he was on the pitch, but he wasn't in position. And uh, and then uh, Ben Olsen actually came out onto the pitch yelling. He got red-carded, so he, he missed this most recent week's uh, game. But... Uh, but I still thought, you know, even even though the player wasn't in position, I don't know what difference it made because De Guzman was he was left he was allowed to shoot from long range, you know he was just left there was like tons of space around him. He's like, yeah, I'll have a go, and they let him do it, and and they score. So anyway, but uh, yeah, so anyway, this one finished up three three. So fantastic, fantastic game. It was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, with Darrow getting hat trick against his former club, that was cool. So let's uh, see. So Philly-Houston, Houston dominate, give up a sloppy goal, equalize late. Um, we have Cameron take home a point, pretty nice. 
Uh, Portland went to San Jose, finished 1-1. Uh, Timbers actually scored first in this one, a tap-in for Kenny Cooper, who finally gets the monkey off his back. But San Jose fight back in the second half, are dangerous, scoring off substitute former Timber Alan Gordon, who gets a header before... Uh, Gets to the header before Bruner. Um, Timbers had several chances to win it, but couldn't. And on one of them, Jerry Mahal got his marching orders for a second yellow for arguing about a penalty when a San Jose player seemed to block Portland's shot with his hand. Harsh, but, you know, Hall needs to not give the ref an excuse, especially when carrying a yellow, but still, it's pretty harsh. Uh, Portland plays stoppage with a man down, you know, so could have been worse, you know, but they do hold on, and, and they get a point, and they'll, they'll take it, so, you know, so... Uh, let's see. LA just whomped on Dallas 3-1. So they had a good comeback from their Portland defeat. And Seattle apparently, uh, came back with like two goals in stoppage or something crazy to beat Kansas City 2-1. Uh, I didn't see that one, but, uh, uh, I did see Seattle in this week's game, which was this weekend's game with Seattle Chivas, which was nil-nil. Uh, Fernandez tries to cross the ball inside the penalty. It hits Umania's hand, who is just holding out from his body. The ref awards the penalty. But Fernandez hits the post. Uh, Seattle pass up Gobbs a chance to score for that. Looks like a nil-nil, but in the 89th, Nagel charges through the box, gets his legs taken out. It's a stone-cold penalty, but the ref waves it off. No idea why. No yellow for a dive either. It was a clear penalty. Chivas escape with a point. Seattle, Chivas, nil-nil. Uh, D.C., Vancouver. Vancouver nearly score off a free kick just outside the box at the end of the first half, but then a D.C. backup, a rookie named uh, Willis, makes a terrific one-handed save to push the shot off the bar. Then he makes two rebound blocks in the scramble afterwards, and one of his defenders also makes a chest block. Crazy stuff. D.C. survived the madness. Then in first half stoppage time, they go to the other end. Duroux crosses and hits Pontius at the other uh, at the other post and rebounds in a killer goal. Or maybe the killer goal was the one right after the restart. Just two minutes into the second half, when Nahar gets the end line, his cross goes through goal, keeper Nolly's legs, and in. Ouch. So basically, bookended goals on, on, on either side of the half. So right at the t- in, in first half stoppage time, and then just two minutes into the second half, all of a sudden, Vancouver are down two goals on the road. No coming back after that for them. In the 66, uh, Whitecaps nearly scored a great shot that Willis blocks, and the D.C. counter right off that play. DeRoe goes 1v1, hits the post. Then Stephen King's shot deflects uh, to an open Pontius for his second of the night. DeRoe misses an open net. The ball was just a little too fast, but a second later he does some nice moves to find King, and King puts it away. The route is done, so no goals for DeRoe, but he did have some assists in this one. Definitely very involved, so D.C. 4, Vancouver nil. San Jose, Colorado. San Jose start the brighter with a nicely worked goal that had Wando flicking it on near post. The keeper made a save, but Jerkins was there for the rebound header. Unfortunately, the ref uh, gave the goal back via a ridiculous penalty call, and Mastroani got to the end line, crossed the ball back. The San Jose defender was literally sliding on the grass with his arm trailing behind him, and the ball hit that arm. Absolutely nothing the player could do. It was just a poor cross behind him, and he clearly knew nothing about it. But the moron assistant ref flagged it. The ref gave... Uh, Colorado the penalty, which Fordine easily converted for the equalizer. Then in the second half, Lorentovitz got the game winner off a direct free kick, which he put low through a very weak San Jose wall, which fell apart with lots of holes. Another must win that the Quakes don't. San Jose 1, Colorado 2. Quakes just are really struggling right now. Uh, New York versus Chicago. Henri gets New York going with a nice curler of the front far post, but shockingly Chicago come back with two goals, with Niarco getting using his speed to get behind the New York defense and find teammates. Oduro gets the first, and then uh, Grazzini puts in the keeper rebound. 
Uh, New York hit the crossbar before the end of the half, but they finally get their equalizer via a nice touch by Lynn Pear around the hour mark. Uh, New York dominated after that, though their backup keeper did make a terrific uh, save on a 1v1 at one point, uh, but neither team could get the winner. Uh, New York had their backup keeper in because uh, Roast was out. Uh, he tore a quad, apparently, and then uh, Condole was out sick, uh, flu or something like that. So This one finishes New York 2, Chicago 2, another draw for New York. Uh, Columbus, New England. File Haber Blast went in to give the New England the surprise lead, but they bring Columbus back into it in the second half with an own goal as Hyman's pressure forces Alston to knock it into his own net. That starts the route as Julius James's towering header off a corner kick is the game winner. With about 10 minutes to go, Renteria adds a tap in. Uh, he had another one that he could have hit him but was, was saved. Uh, AJ Source could have equalized for New England, but his hit his off the crossbar from like three yards out. I don't know how he got it up that high to the crossbar. Uh, and he actually would have done better to just let the ball go across to the, to a teammate who was in better position and wide open, but uh, he didn't know. He just, you know, the ball came and he tried. But uh, another frustrating up-down game for the Revs, so Columbus 3, New England 1. And Houston-Portland, this was Saturday night, uh, Sunday night's game. Uh, it started off uh, good for the Timbers with Eddie Johnson getting behind 1v1. Looked like a great chance, but Eddie's first touch put it a little too far ahead. Tally Hall made the save. Uh, Portland outshot Houston uh, for the first 15 or so, but it was the home team who got on board first via an ex-Portland player that just traded Adam Moffitt. Ball came out to him 35 yards out. You're thinking no threat at all. He just let it rip, cut it well right into the top corner, unstoppable. Wow, I didn't even know how he knew how to kick a ball. I've barely seen him play. So uh, Then Houston started to dominate, and a simple ball played Ching through. He slotted it around Perkins. Uh, Portland then lost Eddie Johnson to concussion after an earlier collision. The game he'd been struggling. He just got back from missing games through to concussion, so they didn't want to take any chances and pull them out. Uh, Houston almost got a third from Ching before that, but Perkins made the save right on the line. Uh, pretty interesting play. In the second half, Timbers played much better. They got a goal back on a deflected shot by Jack Dewsbury, and Cooper had a couple chances that he missed. Uh, uh, one was just right at Tally Hall, just couldn't get enough uh, onto it, onto the shot. And the other was in the 89th, an absolute guilt dead chance with an open net. He headed it wide. Uh, looked like one of those that just, how can you miss that? But he didn't really have a lot of time. And, and you know, it's just one of those plays where he's just trying to get his head onto it versus being able to control it that much. But at the same time, the goal was just gapping. Uh, Houston controlled the final minutes of stoppage time and all that and held on for the win. So, uh, strangely, this really doesn't feel like that much of a loss for Portland, though. It's disappointing, but, you know, they played well, and for me, that's the, that's the number one thing. I want my team to play well. You know, losses are one thing, but I want them to play well. They, they deserved a point in this one, I thought. But, uh, ultimately, Houston 2, Portland 1. You know, bummer, but, uh, not that big a deal, but. Uh, let's talk about the EPL. It started on Saturday, and, uh, Kind of interesting thing with all the rioting in, in, in London and all that. You didn't know if it was gonna, it was gonna happen or not, but, uh, it did. The, uh, original ESPN game was an Everton game that got suspended, uh, postponed, but, uh, they put on Fulham Aston Villa instead, which I thought was good, but except that it was a bad game. Very poor game. Not many chances. Nil-nil. Nice to see Shea given in goal for Aston Villa, but, uh, other than that, wasn't a lot happening in this one, so, uh, I, um, Clint Dempsey did have one good chance that I liked, but, you know, not a huge amount in this one. So, nil-nil for that one. Uh, so, uh, Liverpool-Sunderland. Liverpool will get a huge break early on when a poor clearance from Richardson comes off Suarez, rebounds into space for him, and he goes 1v1, but Richardson charges him from behind, brings him down in the box. No question on the penalty, but the yellow card is just scandalous, in my opinion. How, how can that not be a red, no matter what? I, I don't care what your argument is. It's got to be a red. 
Um, I mean, when you come back from like that, you you can't encourage players to, to, to be doing that. When you take a player, I mean, he, he was a professional foul from behind, you know, last man back, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Suarez, his touch on the ball was a little bit poor, and it put the ball a little bit wide. Kind of see where maybe the maybe the ref is thinking he's not going to be able to get to that ball, but you're still taking out a player on a one v on a breakaway on a one v one like that. It, it's got to be a red. I'm sorry, uh, but Suarez, you know, he gets chance to do the penalty and then he skies it. Yeah, misses completely. Uh, moments later, though, off a free kick, he gets a slight touch to deflect it in, and he is a hero again. So Liverpool leading. But Liverpool, they don't get the insurance goal, and Sunderland equalized 10 minutes in the second half via a stunning volley uh, by Larson. And uh, that's where that one finished, Liverpool 1, Sunderland 1. Arsenal, Newcastle, nothing much happens until the 75th when Javinho dives trying to get a penalty. Joey Barton hauls him off the ground by his shirt collar, gets in his face, furious in the scrum. Javinho slaps Barton on the head. He goes down, yellow for Barton for play acting, I guess. I don't know, for getting hit. And... Uh, Red for Javinho, who seems, which kind of seems fair on paper, because he definitely, you know, you can't slap another player. But uh, at the same time, not giving Barton a red just kind of encourages a player behavior like that. So I'm not real crazy about it. Um, you know, uh, grabbing a player by the shirt, pulling him up off the ground seems to me a bit, a bit, uh, you know, I don't know if that should be a red card or not. But he definitely was instigating things. So. Anyway, this one finished. Arsenal nil, Newcastle nil. So, yeah. West Brom, Manchester United. Rooney gets in going 15 minutes in when he's given time to shoot, and he curls it to the far post. But uh, West Brom tie it before the half when Shaylong shot from the far left gets past a slow to react De Gea, the new goalkeeper for United. Uh, it looks questionable for United as the game wears on and they can't get the winner. But then Ashley Young drives up the left side, his shot deflects in, and United start the campaign with a road win. So, better than last year. West Brom 1, Manchester United 2. Man City versus Swansea City. Uh, busy first half with Man City getting all the chances, hitting the bar twice, and keeping the Swansea keeper busy. They impressively make it to halftime without conceding, but uh, just can't last. And they give one up 10 minutes after the break when the keeper makes the save, but Jekko's there for the rebound. Then Aquero gets his in his debut, a simple knock-in at the back post. Silva puts one in uh, where Jekko did most of the work to keep the ball in play, just... He got to the end line, kicked it back in, and uh, <coughs> Silva put it back in, into the goal. Then Aguero uh, puts in the best of the match, seconds into stoppage time, a long-range rocket into the top corner, just a terrific, terrific goal. Uh, end result, a bit, bit harsh on Hansi, uh, Swansea 4-0. Uh, their keeper was really fantastic, and they did try to play, not just defend. Um, so a little bit harsh there, but Man City 4, Swansea City 0. So that's it for this week's show. Next week, uh, back on the 22nd. And uh, as always, email mark at soccertalkusa.com. Email area code 206-339-8359 if you have any thoughts or comments. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.